You're listening to Forecast, the marketing podcast for professional services leaders. If you're looking to generate more leads, win more deals, and take your firm to the next level, this show is your shortcut. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Ahmed Munawar, founder and chief marketing officer at Boutique Growth, where we help professional services firms build actionable marketing plans so they can generate more leads and win more business. I've got Jimena Cortez on the show today, who is a LinkedIn and an SEO marketing consultant. Look, for professional services folks, LinkedIn is the social media network that you simply cannot ignore. Twitter is nice, Facebook is cool, but LinkedIn is where real business relationships are formed. It's where business professionals go to make connections. And if you're not on there, if you're not making those connections, then you're missing out on tons of opportunity. And that's why I asked Humana to come on the show and share some LinkedIn best practices with us. We're going to talk about how you can find prospective clients on LinkedIn, and we're going to go through a step-by-step process that you can use to engage them in a conversation that you can then turn into a transaction. Show notes for this interview are over at forecast.fm slash Jimena. That's forecast.fm slash J-I-M-E-N-A. Before I let you go, if you haven't yet joined us inside our free lead generation course for professional services firms, you're going to want to check that out. Inside the course, you will get access to a proven step-by-step process to generate a flood of new business for your firm. The course is 100% free of charge, and you can grab immediate access at 5leadgen.com. You can spell out five or use the number. Either one works. That's 5leadgen.com. With that, here is Jimena. Jimena, thank you so much for joining me here on the show. Well, thanks for having me. So we're talking about LinkedIn today, and I want you to kind of get the conversation started by making the case for why LinkedIn is such a powerful tool for business development. A lot of our listeners, Jimena, will probably be on LinkedIn. They'll have a profile, they'll have a presence, but they'll vary in their levels of commitment to the platform. I want you to explain to us why this is something that you really need to take seriously. Yeah. So I started my business originally back in 2012 and I was trying to go to to networking events and I joined BNI and I was doing all these things, right? To try to get clients, but it was not getting me any results. I was working a lot, but I wasn't getting clients. I was having a lot of meetings, but I was either meeting the wrong people or people, you know, wanted to cut me on the price and all this stuff. So it just, it was not good. Six months go by. I've only gotten one client. I was like, this is not going to work. So I'm looking for a job on LinkedIn. I'm I'm noticing that the people I was targeting at that time that I wanted to do marketing for were doctors and lawyers. And there's thousands upon thousands of them on LinkedIn. So I started connecting with them. I started testing different things. Within two weeks, I got my next SEO client. And then from then on, I just kept using LinkedIn and was able to grow my business over the next 12 months to six figures, which is more than I'd ever made at that time. So from then on, I just kept doing that. And that's how I've stayed in business for over five years now. And we do that for customers as well. And I think the reason why it worked so much better for me versus what I was doing before is you can be so targeted on LinkedIn, right? I mean, if you say, okay, I want to work with oncologists or I want to work with CFOs of companies that have 500 employees or more. Like those are all search filters that that you can use and then you can connect with people. I mean, the trick is really saying the right things in the right sequence and how you approach someone, but that's the same in real life. It's not it's no different in social media. So LinkedIn is so powerful because it's like a networking event on steroids that never goes down. It's 24-7 and you're not limited by the people in that geography or the people that decided to show up. They're, they're there 
all the time. You just have to get their attention. Okay. So I want to dive into the mechanics of a lot of the things you talked about in a bit, but first of all, if I'm understanding you correctly, one argument is scale, right? You just can't go to, you can only go to so many networking events before you just completely burn out and you can, you can scale <laughs> yeah. your conversations on LinkedIn much more than you could by actually physically going places. I understand exactly. that. The second argument is targeting, right? Mm -hmm. If you go to a networking event, you don't control who's there, right? You don't right. control who shows up at that event and you just kind of hope for the best. And if you go to more targeted events, maybe it works out for you, but on LinkedIn, you can get really laser focused on who you're targeting, who you're speaking to. Are you also saying that you end up finding better clients as a result from LinkedIn? Oh, for sure. And it also goes back down to targeting because if I know exactly what kind of client I want to work with, then I can easily target them. And, you know, because my company does marketing services, we really can work in a variety of industries. And over time, out of testing different targeting options of different people, I figured out who I enjoy working with the most and where we provide the most value. So, you know, that's something that, that you can do as well in your own business. If a lot of different target audiences could potentially buy your product or service, test out different ones and see which, which people are easier to deal with and which ones are willing to pay top dollar. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, assuming that my audience is actually on LinkedIn. And this is a common obstacle that I hear is people say, well, you know, I don't know how active my buyers are on LinkedIn. People still kind of perceive LinkedIn as a platform for, you know, recruiters and salespeople. So how do you respond to that? You know, I really love that you brought that up because that's usually an objection that, that we hear. Well, is my audience is not there. And you really have to sit back and think about what is business really, right? Business is really a, a bunch of relationships, okay? Because in business, there's the relationship that obviously your employees, right? They're helping you grow. They're helping you do whatever it is that you do. Then you've got your clients. They support your business because without their money, you're not paying for anything. So clients is usually a bit the biggest one people want to get. But then there's also people that have the, the ability to promote your products or services. So like joint venture partners, somebody who sells to your audience, but is not a direct competitor. Then there's also people that could promote your business in the sense of PR, right? Writers that, that work at certain magazines that you can connect with. There's also investors. So there's so many different types of people that you can go after. So you really have to think about where are you right now in your business and who is it that you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be. And chances are they're on LinkedIn. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, my buyers are not on there. Go do a search. I bet you you'll find thousands of them. Yeah, that's a good thing. It's easy to find out, right? A simple search yeah. will answer that question for you pretty quickly. But I get right. what you're saying. It's it's not just about clients. Obviously, clients are typically the main focus because they pay the bills. But there's right. all these other relationships that you want to build on LinkedIn. And it's not dissimilar from your actual real life relationships. You can build those on LinkedIn as well. Yeah. And so just give you the example of like, uh, let's say somebody that's in the e-commerce world. It's like, well, I'm not going to go sell product on LinkedIn. No, you're not. But you're, you could probably connect with a lot of buyers, like maybe people that buy for, I don't know, Walmart, Kmart, you know, all these different stores. Why don't you connect with a buyer there and see if they're interested in carrying your product? I mean, there's so many opportunities. You really just have to think outside the box and not be so limited to, oh, this is a place for jobs. No, it's a place for opportunities and it's a place to do business. And I think the fact that you were able to successfully reach out to doctors via LinkedIn is it's a pretty strong proof that a lot of folks are on LinkedIn because that's one audience where I wouldn't expect uh, the average doctor to be on LinkedIn. Exactly. I mean, they're there. I mean, if they have a profile, then it just becomes really important how you approach them. Your approach is going to get their attention or it's not. And that's usually where people fall short. I mean, the profiles are there, the accounts are there. Doctors are there and they respond. 
at alarming rates. You know, again, as long as your approach piques their interest and you're not being salesy. Most people start off with being salesy and of course it's going to turn everybody off. I mean, you wouldn't do that in real life. Why are you going to do that in social media? You should even do it less on social media. Yeah, absolutely. So let's take a step back now. You know, let's say I'm convinced that, okay, I should take LinkedIn seriously. My buyers are probably there. I do a search and I find, hey, there's a bunch of them. Great, right? How do Mm -hmm. I get from that point to the point where I'm having actual conversations with people off of LinkedIn? Well, really, the first step is, let's say it's your wardrobe, right? So in in this case, it would be your profile, because your profile is going to allow people to know or to decipher whether you're somebody that they want to connect with or not. So you really have to put your best foot forward and put any like accolades that you have. If you're a best-selling author, if you're a speaker, if you've won any sort of awards, if you have patents, you know, all like client results, all this stuff testimonials, the the recommendations, right? You want to have your profile make you stand out as an authority in your field because that's going to increase the amount of people that actually approve your request to connect. Everybody wants to do business with somebody that's successful, that looks like they're on top of their game. So if your profile has like three words on it, then people are not really going to want to accept that connection. And, you know, it's really funny. There's so many, we work with so many clients and some of them, I mean, they have these amazing backgrounds. They're so successful. And you go on their LinkedIn profile and you'd never think that they were because none of this stuff is listed until after we literally like pull it out of them and then put it on the profile. <laughs> yeah. And they probably don't even realize how much their profile is being viewed. I'm yeah, sure people I mean, underestimate that, don't they? Well, because it's not just on LinkedIn, right? Let's say somebody like you're trying to do business with somebody and they Google you. A lot of times, one of the first things that comes up on page one is your LinkedIn profile. So you definitely want to make sure that it is set up to impress. I think there's an argument there that your LinkedIn profile is even more important than your website's homepage because it probably shows up higher in the search rankings than your website does. It may. I mean, you definitely want to have a nice website because if your website, you know, it's not looking that great, then you will lose business. We're actually in the process of redesigning our website right now because branding is so important. And and it's a lot of times how people make the decision on whether to hire you or not. Yeah, but the profile, I think, is probably closer to that exercise than the resume, which is how many of us approach it. Right. It's it's more like your homepage. It's more customer facing than than it is a resume. I always say, don't write it like a resume, write it like a sales letter. And so like if your title is, for example, my company is called Wizard Media. But if I say CEO of Wizard Media, that title is completely boring. You have no clue what I do. You have no clue why you'd want to connect with me or anything. But what I have as my headline is, hey, I help. I don't have my profile in front of me, but it's like I help uh, businesses increase their marketing or I help generate leads through Google and LinkedIn and an average ROI of 300% or more. So now people know, okay, she generates leads. She uses Google and LinkedIn and her clients are getting a really high ROI. How can I get that ROI on my marketing as well? And a lot of times just that sentence there is enough to get people to reach out to me and ask me like, hey, can we have a conversation? I'd like to know more. And that's what you're trying to do. It's much like a headline on an ad. You're trying to get that click through. You're trying to get that interest. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say I've got my LinkedIn profile set up and I've optimized it and it looks good. Clients want to connect with me. What should be my next step on LinkedIn? Well, your next step, you want to figure out what you're going to say and how you're going to say it, right? Where most people mess up is, and this is also assuming you've already got your target audience dialed in, you know exactly who you're going after. 
the next thing is you want to start connecting with them and you want to start messaging them. But what most people do is that first message after somebody connects with them, they just send like this long sales pitch. And that's a great way to turn off that prospect completely and forever. <laughs> so, so don't do that. Instead, you know, you want to come off as helpful. So a great thing to do in that first message is to send a, an article that you wrote or some content that, again, just like your profile, not only you know gives advice, but also makes you stand out as the expert, as the authority in that field. And it's obviously going to be something that they're interested in based on their occupation because it's all about lead generation. So the copy on your profile is done a certain way to subconsciously pre-sell people in working with you. The writing in this article and in this video should be positioned to do the same as well. It's all very like subconsciously pre-selling them on what you do and why they need you. So the first step then, before we even get to messaging, the first step is to be kind of identifying your ideal clients mm -hmm. and sending them connection requests. Is that right? Right, right. No, so one obstacle here that I think people will have is, well, how can I send connection requests to people that I don't know? Well, you can do it. One of the things that we use is Sales Navigator. I mean, LinkedIn realizes they are not just a platform for jobs. People are using it to generate leads. So with a tool like the Sales Navigator, you have more search functionality and it allows you to send requests connect to people that you don't know. Okay. Now, how do I kind of prevent people from ignoring that request because they don't know me? I mean, not everybody's going to accept. So if you send out 50 today, probably 15 to 20 are going to accept it and the rest are not. Got it. So it's a numbers game in the end. Right. Do you recommend people personalize those requests? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So how do you do that? Um, I mean, you've only got 250 characters in that little message that you can send. So you just say something short and sweet like, hey, I looked at your profile and I think there might be some synergies in working together. I'd like to connect. That's it. Simple, it. sweet, short to the point. Okay. So you're sending out a bunch of connection requests that are dialed into your ideal clients. Some of them are connecting, and that obviously is premised upon your profile being attractive and customer-facing. And mm -hmm. then you're sending this welcome message. Uh, right. What you're saying is, don't go. I guess the temptation is, hey, here's what who I am. Here's what I do. Here's how I can help you. Here's my life story. I have this many kids and these right. Many dogs. No. <laughs> don't. You're saying don't do that. Right. Exactly. What you want to do is again, you want to always keep them short, sweet, and to the point. No more than five or six sentences. Because anything over that, they're just going to glaze over. But you're like, hey, thanks for connecting. This is what I do. I'd love to learn more about you. Based on what you do, I thought you'd find this article interesting. Let me know your feedback. That's it. So let me ask you this. What's the goal of that message? Is it just about positioning? Is it nurturing? Are you trying to get a conversation? Both. Both. All of that. And okay. sometimes you get a conversation. Most of the time you won't. But that's why you send additional messages. Like we usually send three messages. So the first one's just that. We're not selling anything because we're not stepping out with that, you know, with that. We don't want to leave a bad taste in their mouth. But after we've given content, we've shared some resources. Now we can say in the next message, hey, you know what? We're connected, but we've never talked. I'd like to know more about you. This is what I do. Would you be open to having a, a quick phone conversation to see how we can work together? And then you just kind of say the same thing in a different way in the third message. And that really gets people to open up. And if they're interested or they have a need for what you have, which if you did your targeting right, they should. And um, then a lot of them will be very willing to have a conversation with you. Okay. So message one is, is just really sharing value, not asking for anything in return. Right. Message two is opening the door to a conversation. And message three is another call to action effectively. Right. Exactly. What kind of success rate have you seen from this kind of a sequence? 
depending on the industry that we're working in and, and what it is, we're getting anywhere from 10 to 20 meetings per month with some really high level people. Okay. And what do I do if nobody responds or if somebody doesn't respond rather? Not everyone's going to respond. Most of them won't. But that, well, as long as you're hitting those numbers, then you know that it's working well. If you're not getting at least 10 meetings a month, then you need to go back to the drawing board and you either need to change the profile or change the messaging because people are not responding to your messages. Right. So if nobody's responding, then you need to tweak either who you're targeting or what you're saying. Uh, right. But, but what's kind of like a reasonable expectation on conversion rate? Well, it depends. I mean, from like from the request to connect, the acceptance rate. I mean, if you're at, at, at least 25%, 20, 25%, that's good. And then from the messages, again, if you're getting 10 to 20 meetings, that's about the range where you want to be at. Got it. Okay. What about LinkedIn groups? How do those fit into the equation? Those used to be really powerful back in the day. Um, not so much anymore. They're kind of dead now. So we used to do a lot, a lot with groups. We really don't anymore. I would say groups are just really great now to use for targeting and sales navigator for the type of interest people have. Right. So if you're a marketing consultant and you target lawyers and there's a group on marketing for lawyers, then that's a probably a good place to find contacts because you know those people are interested in marketing. Is that what you mean? Right. Exactly. Okay. But what about um, sharing content in groups and trying to like kind of drive traffic to your profile? Do you find that's effective at all? It used to be. It doesn't drive as much traffic anymore. So we stopped doing it. Why is that? Does that have to do with the redesign? LinkedIn did a lot of changes to groups. This was about, say, a year and a half ago, maybe, I don't know, maybe even two years. So groups just stopped being as effective. A lot of groups were getting a ton of spam. It was just, it was just a lot. And so I, we saw the, the traffic starting to drop and it wasn't worth the effort. So we stopped doing it. I know uh, Josh Turner of, of Link Selling is a really big advocate of starting your own LinkedIn group as an authority play. How do you mm -hmm. feel about that? Is that something you recommend? Um, it's definitely something you can do. It's going to take time to build it. In that sense, you know, you're, you're creating a group and what you'd want to be doing is you'd want to be sending messages to your group members, again, to try to get them out of the group and into the phone meeting to do business with you. But, you know, I hardly ever, like myself, I hardly ever go into like the LinkedIn groups anymore. I hardly post any content. So I'm familiar with the strategy, but we abandoned it a while ago. So your approach is really just go straight for the conversation, find the contacts, try to connect with them, send them this messaging sequence and don't really mess around with much else. Right. Okay. Now, going back to connection requests for a minute, what's a good target number of requests that somebody should be sending, you know, daily, weekly? I mean, it really depends on how much time you have and, you know, what you're looking to do. But if you're a super go-getter, you know, 50 a day is cool. Um, if you don't need that many or if you don't have that kind of time, as long as you're doing something like, you mean, 20, 25, um, you know, that'll get you something. But the 50 a day is really where you'll get the 10 to 20 meetings. But, you know, that whole process of messages and all that will probably take you about a couple hours a day. So you definitely want to give that to somebody to do for you to make sure that it's consistent because you'll start to get a lot of leads in the beginning. But if you're not being consistent, if you're not tracking the conversations, then chances are a lot of leads will fall through the cracks or you'll get busy and you'll not do it. And so that's going to impede the lead flow coming in. And this is something I assume that your company handles for people, right? Yeah. Well, that's why they hire us. It's not that they can't do it. I mean, the process is pretty simple. It just takes time. And, you know, most people are not going to be consistent. And then you have to know how to do it, too. I mean, there's there's a science to it. I mean, I, I didn't just you, know, you don't just put it together. It's a lot of it has to do with the copywriting is probably the most important part. 
And then on top of that is the consistency and the reporting. So my company does all of that. It really takes a lot of stress off the client so that they're only focused on who's interested and following up with the people that have raised their hand. Got it. Now, what about personalization? How often are you, are you personalizing those messages? It really depends on the conversation. Most of the time, you know, our team is not an extended sales arm for the client. So somebody has questions or they want more information. At that point, we usually pass it off to the client or their staff so that they can get that stuff answered because we don't want to say something wrong, especially, you know, when we're working with the medical companies, if you say something wrong there, it could be a a huge deal. So we don't want to mess with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. What are your thoughts on content on LinkedIn? How important is it to be publishing content? Well, before when you publish content and all your connections would get a notification, that has stopped. So, I mean, it's still good to have because people go on your profile, they'll see the content that you've posted. And and we use, um, like when we're sending out that article and that first message, that's a published post so that we're keeping the, the person within LinkedIn. They don't think that we're trying to send, you know, weird links to a spam site or something. So it's for that trust factor but I've personally, I've fallen off from writing content because uh, we're more focused on, on our strategy and just getting the meetings, getting the business going. Yeah, I know the notifications have stopped when you publish content, but I would imagine from LinkedIn's perspective, they would want to showcase your content more prominently in the feed than they would showcase external content. Do you think that's true? Honestly, I'm not sure because I have not posted content in a while. <laughs> yeah. So I've literally just, we focused on the inbox and, and doing the strategy that we talked about. I did sometimes, well, back when we were doing the, the publishing, back when you would get the notifications, and there were a lot of times that people would say, hey, I like your content, I want to talk to you. But this strategy that we're talking about just works much faster, and, and you know, it's all about speed, too. It's like you can spend a ton of time writing content and writing content and maybe get one or two people here, or you can get 10 to 20 and just you know, and do the strategy while it's working. So let me ask you this. How are you tracking all of this? Because the, the LinkedIn inbox isn't very conducive to no, you know, it's scheduling terrible. messages. So how do you how do you get over that? We use Google Docs. Okay. So are you like so, importing all the names and then tracking when they got messages? Yeah. Anyone that accepts the request, the assistants will go in and they'll fill in the, all their information, name, profile, and then when they were sent which messages. And then those that have an interest, uh, they get moved into a separate Excel sheet. And then those are the ones that we know that they're hot. So we got to follow up with them. Is that one like a CRM would come into the picture? Yeah. Yeah. So like LinkedIn contacts who respond and express interest, then they get moved into whatever the client CRM would be. Yeah. I mean, we put them in Excel, the clients, some clients have a CRM, some don't. So it just depends on the client too. So. Got it. So let me ask you this. What's kind of like a, if I want to try this out for myself right, as a listener, what's the mm-hmm. ideal routine you know, daily, weekly, like how do I work this LinkedIn stuff into my routine and my workflow? Again, it depends on you and your goals. Um, you know, for example, for our clients, we're doing this daily Monday through Friday, but they're paying us for this. Um, if you don't have that kind of time or you don't want that many appointments, you know, maybe, you know, at least go in there two, three times a week, but be consistent. The minute you stop being consistent, you're not going to see the results. Why is that? Why is consistency so important? it's important because you know you might get a lot of leads this week and then if you stop then what happens for next week you didn't send anything this week so then you're not going to be able you're not going to have anything so you're just you know you're kind of starting over you're kind of like going up and down so if you want to continue to grow and be and you have 10 appointments 20 appointments a month you have to keep doing the work because the minute you stop your your numbers are going to drop got it yeah you got to plan for that pipeline growth uh into the future right 
Any other tips or tricks that we haven't talked about here that you feel are important to mention? Um, you know, just really think about what you need and who you need to connect with. Because for example, I've been on entrepreneur.com and Forbes.com from connections I made on LinkedIn. So really think about where you're trying to go and put a plan in place to get those connections and those people into your world. And if you do it the right way, they'll be interested. You just have to follow the process that we were just talking about. Excellent. And if folks want to learn more about you and the work that you do and how you can help them, where should they go? Um, if you go to my website, jimenacortez.com, that has all the information that you need to contact me or anything that, that I'm up to. At this time, it is being redesigned. I'm hoping we can launch it by next week. I'm really excited about the redesign. I think it looks amazing. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, by the time this goes live, it'll, the website will definitely be up. So you can check that oh, out. Sweet. I'll drop a link to the show notes to your website at forecast.fm slash Jimena. That's J-I-M-E-N-A. And folks can find it there. Jimena, thank you so much for coming on. This has been really fun. Thank you so much for having me. I hope that was valuable. Hey, it's Ahmed here again for a quick recap to the conversation. Look, all of this sounds like a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. Everything that she talked about here is work. It's definitely work. It's not going to be easy and it takes time. I would encourage you to find a way to get started, even if it means starting small. You know, do what you can on a daily or a weekly basis, even if it's just in the end, like an hour or two per week. Get started, get your feet wet, but focus on developing a process because the process is, I think, what's really powerful here. If you do this hazardly, you do it kind of when you get around to it, when you have time, that's not really going to amount to much. But if you develop a process, even if the process is small, you can then build on that process. You can improve that process. You can fine tune that process, and maybe you'll get to a point where you can outsource that process, but I wouldn't worry about that right now. Start small, build a simple process that you can actually execute regularly, whether it's daily, whether it's weekly, and let's see what happens. Again, show notes for this episode are at forecast.fm slash J-I-M-E-N-A. Finally, if you're new to the show, do me a favor, head over to forecast.fm slash iTunes, subscribe to the show there. And if you've been listening for a while, why in the world have you not left me a rating and a review yet? What's your problem? What did I ever do to you? I'm just kidding. Please do leave me a rating and review though, because it helps more people discover the show. And I would be very, very grateful. You can do that at forecast.fm slash iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. 